Again, happy, happy Father's Day. I'm excited. Uh, the scripture for this morning is 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's the call story of Samuel. Um, and the title of the sermon is, He'll Do It Again. He'll do it again. Let me. I want. I want to jump straight to the scripture, Brian. First um, Samuel chapter three. Uh, what's in your in your bulletin is chapter three, verse eleven. We're going to start at verse one. It says, "Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon." One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you. I love, I love these little, like when there's a comma with a little, just a few words. I can hear it. I've, I've, I've talked to my son this way. He says, again, Samuel got up and went to Eli and he said, I, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. I did not call you, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Uh, Happy Father's Day. Again, I'm so excited. Um, I believe that fathers are important. Mothers are important. Fathers are important. Uh, parents are important. Uh, and it's great that we have days that we especially make especially for certain people to celebrate them. I think that's a wonderful thing. But my heart is goes out to, to men and fathers in our community and in our world. Um, I got on onto the Google and I, and I got onto the... Uh, uh, Cleveland Clinic and, and the CDC website and, and I, was, I was talking about that men's health is important um, because men's health is the health of the next generation of fathers for our children men's health is important because uh, the, our fathers right now are represented by these statistics of men's health um, the percent of men over 20 struggling with obesity is 40%. Um, the percent of men over 20 with high blood pressure is 52%. The leading cause of death for men, heart disease. Um, 
Men are roughly 50% of our population, uh, but they make up nearly 80% of suicides. Um, the high, and so you can look at some, the demographic of age range and um, the two highest age ranges are 70 and above and 25 to 35. So speaking on behalf of men, um, oh, here's another one. I, I don't want to skip this one. This one, 60% of men don't go to the doctor. Are you one of those men? I, I'll raise my hand for all of us. I am one of those men. Um, I don't like the doctors. Uh, I won't, when, when I was in college, I broke my ankle. It was bad. I was playing paintball. And I've, I've never played paintball again. <laughs> but I, I went to slide and I fell and broke my ankle. And they were all like, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, oh, it's fine. And they were like, are you going to walk it off? I was like, well, well I'm going to try. And uh, I went home after a week and my mom and dad were like, yeah, you've got to go to the hospital, Spencer. You broke your ankle. So I had to go. I, I broke my ankle and I didn't want to go to the hospital. I represent men that don't want to go to the hospital, um, that don't want to go to the doctor, that don't want to seek health help. Um, I have a phobia of the doctor. Does anybody else have, have a little phobia of the doctor? I do. I pass out when I have to go to the doctor every time. Uh, growing up, I had a mole on my head. And it started out real small, and then I got into high school and started playing football. And my football helmet would rub right there. And every football season, it would just rub it off. And it would just bleed, and I'd have to... It was, it was messy. And then when I graduated from high school, um, it grew back and was, like, big. I was getting my hair cut one day, and they cut it off. <laughs> I know this is a terrible story. <laughs> and, uh, and, they cut, so it, and then it grew back even worse. So I was like, I, uh, I'll go to the doctor later. <laughs> And finally, my Kendra, my wife, made me go to the doctor. And I went, and we were talking to the doctor. And the doctor, and it was the first time I'd ever seen this doctor before. Every doctor is the first time I've ever seen that doctor because I never go. But um, I told him, I said, I'm going to pass out. And they said, what do you, he said, oh, how do you know? I said, it just, my whole life, every time I've, I'm uncomfortable talking about it right now. Um, every time I've gone to the doctor, I pass out. And they really, and he, I, don't, I don't know if he didn't think I was serious but he did the whole thing. He cut it off, numbed it, all that stuff. And I was sitting there going, it's going to happen. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. And it was in like the after where he's talking to me. And he's like, all right, so what you're going to need to do is make sure that you keep it clean. And he looks up and I'm like this. <laughs> Passed out. I can't control it. It just happens. And I don't like it. And so I don't want to go to the doctor. What happens is, is I get so anxious and it's a phobia, so it doesn't make sense. I can, someone is going to come up to me after the service and say, there's, there's nothing to be scared of. You, there's nothing to worry about. They're there to help. And it's like, I've never heard that one before. Thank you. I feel like going to the doctor right now. Okay, so it's a phobia. It doesn't make sense. It goes against logic. But what happens is, is I get so anxious that I end up holding my breath. And I feel this tightness in my chest. And then I wake up a little time later. 
<laughs> That's what happens. And so um, I don't like going to the doctor. Men, uh, I'll speak on behalf of men. We don't like going to the doctor. Um, and to continue to speak on behalf of men, I want you to hear this. Uh, we aren't supermen, but we want to be. For us and for you. Um, a lot of us struggle with asking for directions when we're driving. <laughs> and there's even more of us that don't want to talk about it. Um, and there's even more of us that if it comes to feelings, we really don't want to talk about it. Someone just said, Amen. Uh, my ability to feel, and so can, to continue to speak on behalf of men, my ability to feel loved is more closely linked to my ability to love myself than we both realize. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, um, it talks about the relationship between a mother and a father, a husband and a wife. And it says, Brian, can you put that, the one that says, So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Um, it's difficult as... And so I'm, gonna, I'm still speaking on behalf of men. It is difficult as a man to separate the feeling of being loved from the feeling of being respected. And a lot of times if I feel disrespected, then I feel unloved. Um... As a culture and as a faith community and as men and women, we have not exercised enough in the gymnasium of communication. We have not exercised enough in the gymnasium of communication. Um, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a difference. Uh, T.D. Jakes talks about this and, and he's a pastor and he, he talks about the difference between communicating of saying to your wife saying... I love you. Okay, well, that's good. But let's exercise a little bit within the gymnasium of communication. Honey, I love you. I love the way your hair smells. I love the way that you look at our son. When you do those goofy little things, it reminds me of falling in love with you all over again. When you laugh... I feel as if my heart is going to unfold all over again. I love the way you rest your head on my shoulder. I love the way that you lean into me when you're feeling happy or sad. To work out in the gymnasium of communication. We don't do it. We don't do it. Um, there's a deficit there. And I believe that it, it tells us a little bit about our society and where we are at. I'm not talking about like other people. I'm talking about us right here. This is symptomatic of us. Is that to be a good communicator, you have to be a good listener. You have to be a good listener. And sometimes the loudest thing that you can listen to is the sound of thundering silence. It starts to get loud real quick when you sit in silence. Um, 
In Romans chapter 10, it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can we hear if we do not communicate? How can we be good listeners if we don't exercise within the gymnasium of communication? And so when asked, um, uh, someone asked Charles Spurgeon, who's a great theologian, they asked him, they said, what's more important, reading the Bible or praying? And he responded and he said, what's more important, breathing in or breathing out? And because we've not exercised in communication, we're losing the ability to listen. And what happens is that when you lose the ability to uh, hear, when, when, when your hearing diminishes, so then does your speech. And when, when it comes to breathing in or out, I feel like a lot of us are drowning if we were going to communicate honestly. We're being put on oxygen spiritually. Um, the anxiety can be suffocating. Um, if you want to be a better communicator, you can start by being a better listener. So this goes for everyone. This goes, and I'm going I'm to name a few here, but if I don't get you in this, then it still applies to you. To, to be a better communicator, you can be a better listener. That goes for couples. Listen to each other. Be fierce listeners to one another. Um, it goes for spouses. Practice being a listener. Um, if you want to be a better communicator, become a better listener to your friends. Uh, mothers and fathers, if you want to communicate better with your children, listen fiercely to them. If you want to be a better disciple of Jesus Christ, you must practice Listening, And if you want to be a better, uh, because becoming a better listener uh, will also increase your capacity to love your neighbor. If we practice listening, um, I think uh, it's always interesting when you ask someone, um, have you ever heard God? And so that takes on. Many, many different forms. And I think that you can't really say, well, that's not a valid form of listening to God. I think that God loves you so much. He's trying to speak to us all the time. I believe that he's trying to speak to you through his word, the Bible. I believe that he's trying to speak to you through children. I believe that he's trying to speak to you uh, from a pulpit on Sunday morning. I believe that he's trying to speak to you on the radio as you drive home. I believe that the power and, and capacity for God to do something incredible, if he can resurrect Jesus from a grave, if he can have Jonah swallowed by a whale and spat back out, then God can speak to me through a Whataburger billboard. I believe that God is, God is thorough in exercising in the gymnasium of communication. And I believe that he is trying to speak to me all the time. One of the ways that this isn't a Bible thing, this is just a, my family thing, and I've ran into some other families that do this too, is that the number's 143. Um, it's just a little hidden secret code, you could say. I is one letter, love is four letters, and you is three letters. And whenever I see 143, I, I go, I love you, and I go, oh God, I love you too. I'm reminded of your love love for me by this 
And does God speak through that to remind me that he loves me? Absolutely. He's trying to tell me he loves me by any means all the time. Kendra and I will write little notes to each other and we'll sign it one, four, three. Um, I know some, one of my friends, uh, she'll see a heart and she's reminded of God's love. She'll see a rock that looks like a heart. Uh, she'll see a, a shadow that looks like a heart. She'll see a leaf, something. And sometimes it becomes really abstract. Sometimes uh, my friend will, will, I'll see a photo and, and they'll, be, they'll say, look at this heart. And I got to be honest, guys, I don't always see a heart. But is God moving in their life? And are they walking their path of faith in such a way that everything they look at reminds them of God's love for themselves? Absolutely. I want that. I believe that that is an exercise in listening to the voice of God calling out to us. Um, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The spiritual importance of breathing in and breathing out. Of prayer and reading the word. It's always interesting to ask people how they hear from God or how God speaks to them. Um, And some people, I get to work with college students and young adults. And sometimes a lot of young adults will say, I've never heard the voice of God. I've never heard it. I even I don't know if I've even felt God's presence before. There's good news though. Because being bad at something is the first step to being kind of good at something. Unless it's golf. <laughs> unless it's golf. You'll never be good at golf. As soon as you think you figured it out, you'll have the worst round of golf in your life. It's true. Being bad at something is the first step to being kind of good at something. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, in the call story of Samuel, we get to see the main character of this story arc. Be bad at something. (laughs) And enter into a journey of becoming kind of good at something. Um, And it's the story of Samuel. We get to see a glimpse of his first steps. At learning how to communicate with God. And so let's read the story. Uh, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 3. So meanwhile the boy serves the, 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 the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days the messages from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. It reminds me of today's generation. Of when I hear from young people. Especially over and over I hear the same story of yeah I do all these things and I go I grew up going to church but I don't know if I've ever heard from God I don't know if I've ever felt his presence it reminds me of this messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon one night Eli who was almost blind now had gone to bed the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark suddenly the Lord called out to Samuel Samuel yes Samuel replied what is it he got up and ran to Eli here's the deal um, I've been married to Kendra for we've been married about eight years and um, if if I'm looking at my brother Shep over here, if Shep was in my house in the middle of the night and said, Spencer, I would not roll over and be like, Kendra, did you just call me? 
Because I know the voice of my wife and I can distinguish it from Shep's manly and booming voice. And the same, if Haley Montoya was in my house and she, um, her, let's say her and Ben, her husband, they're over, we're doing a barbecue. And if I'm doing something and my back is turned and someone, and, and Haley goes, Spencer, I'm not going to go, did my son Forrest, my three-year-old boy, just call my name? No, I'm going to be able to distinguish it. And so it's so interesting to me that the voice of God is calling out to Samuel. And Samuel can't distinguish the voice of God from the voice of Eli. And the more and more that I thought about this and prayed about this and listened to T.D. Jakes and and Stephen Furtick and, and read commentaries on this, the more it made sense to me. Because when I look at my personal life, I look at that for a long time when I was a kid, the voice of God, me hearing the voice of God was the same voice as the voice of Beth Palmer. I didn't know, I could not distinguish between the voice of God and the voice of Beth Palmer. I went to youth group and Beth spoke about Jesus and spoke truth and read scripture and we talked about it and the Lord was moving and working in my life. And I couldn't distinguish the difference. It was simply, I know Beth's voice, and I know she loves me, and I know that she's an advocate for me, and I know she was Christ to me as a youth. But then you graduate from youth group, you go to college, or you go into the work. You're, you're 18 plus, you're no longer in the youth group. You, and so you could, maybe you join a Sunday school class, or maybe you join a fellowship group. And for me, I went to college, and I, and I joined a fellowship small group. And for a long time, the voices of God in my life were indistinguishable from the voices in my small group. Um, young men like Ryan Stanley. And we had another Ryan, his name was... Ryan Marino, but we couldn't have two Ryans, and he was tall and skinny, so we called him Slink. And so for a long time, as we studied scripture together and talked, Ryan and the voice of God were indistinguishable from one another. And then Slink would talk, and I'm hearing the same person speak through different people to me, and it's the same one that spoke to me through Beth Palmer. And As we mature as Christians, I believe that one of the things, as we begin to exercise communication with Jesus, one of the things that happens is that we can begin to hear God. We can become fierce listeners to the Spirit moving in our lives. I love that if you skip to the end in in verse 11, it says, uh, Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing. In Israel, uh, in the NIV, it says, um, "I'm going to do something that will make the ears of everyone who hears tingle." Do you have tingling ears? Um, you see, Eli was old; he was going blind. He's an old man; he's an old dude, and he couldn't hear the voice of God anymore. But he still had the wisdom and discernment. To help Samuel identify what the voice of God sounded like. And Samuel, Samuel was young. And he could hear God's voice. But he lacked the wisdom and discernment. To identify that it was God speaking to him. 
Eli needs Samuel and Samuel needs Eli. Um, Eli needs Samuel because what if the internet goes out? Who's going to reset the Who's going to reset the router on the internet? What if they need What if Eli needs help with his computer? Who's going to help him? Samuel's going to help him. Um, no, Eli needs Samuel's help because Samuel has energy, and he has ideas that are new. He understands the culture better. Uh, he has a fresh perspective. He has, Samuel has a tenacity. Uh, Samuel's ready to get up and go. Um, Samuel looks at the world with wonder. But Samuel also needs Eli. Because Eli will teach Samuel how to do the thing that he can no longer do himself. Which is to be able to discern with wisdom and identify and hear the voice of God. And how to, Samuel has no idea how to respond to the voice of God. He's never heard it before. But through Eli's instruction, Samuel knows to say, Lord God, I'm listening. Would you speak to your servant? So Samuel needs Eli. Eli will point Samuel towards learning and knowing God's voice. For me, I, I did a map here with some people and then some theologians that have really helped me exercise listening to the Lord. Um, Beth Palmer, um, Ray Altman, a missionary in Egypt named Dick Brogdon, um, C.S. Lewis, uh, spending time in scripture, the spiritual exercise of listening, of breathing in and breathing out. I love that in 1 Samuel, in this call story of Samuel, I believe that God is passing, uh, passing the torch from one generation to another. Soon, if we keep reading in the story, Eli will no longer be the prophet. Samuel, the young man, will become the prophet. There is a passing of the torch from generation to generation, and, but they need each other. By listening to each other together, they can love God better. By listening to each other, they can love others better. And by practicing the art, the exercise of listening to one another, they can make a bigger difference together. That ears would tingle because we have exercised within the gymnasium of communication alongside one another to one another and before God. He did it then. And he'll do it again. Happy Father's Day. Will you pray with me? Lord God we love you and we praise you. And, and we. Heavenly Father you are so good. And we acknowledge that if. From whatever. Place of tragedy or. Or. or maybe it's suffering and maybe it's disease or anxiety or depression or mental illness or some whatever we're struggling with lord god we acknowledge that the story isn't over unless the story is good because you are a redeemer and you acknowledge the things that are keeping us from being whole and you don't ignore them you draw near to us lord god you are a fierce listener and you are a great communicator Come Holy Spirit, would we be more like you? 
In the name of Jesus, amen.